Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Probably Honest podcast with myself, Dan. And myself, Mark. Hello, Mark. Hello, Dan. How is it? How is it? What, how is it today? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's about, it's about seven out of ten today, I think. Seven out of ten. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's probably generous, actually. It's more like a six out of ten. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I was like uh, maybe a four, Ooh. and then it's now around an eight. Oh, wow. Why is it doubled? Because I woke up really early and thought I was broken because I woke up at five. Mm. Then I went to the gym, and and because of the testosterone I was pumping around my body, <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, I was like an angry four because yeah. I was still annoyed that I woke up early. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, who hasn't had a mention in the last episode, my girlfriend calmed me down. Really? She, we didn't mention it in the last episode? No. Normally I do mention it. No one mentioned it. I mention your girlfriend a lot in our podcast. Yeah. Because I've never met her. Well, she calmed me down. Okay, good. That was nice. Thank you. That's Thank you. Advice. I said, ah, oh, what's wrong with me? I wake up early and, must, you know, everyone thinks I'm really weird. She was like, we well, don't wake up thinking about killing anyone, do you? I was like, No. It's like, well, it's not that weird then. <laughs> it's nice to know she's setting a very low barometer. For your yeah. <laughs> Are you a murderer? No. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then just carry on about your day then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I thought I was really late for work, so I was stressed. Yeah. And then actually I was re- early. So I got mm. an almond croissant. Nice. And a peanut butter flapjack bar. Oh, nice. Real nice. And then I enjoyed my day at this potential new job and feel, I re- well, really enjoy it. So mm. that's lifted my moods. For the, for the benefit of the listenership, what's your new job in? It's in music PR, dance music PR oh mainly. Yeah. So edgy. It's, uh, do, you ever just, do you ever just sometimes pause and think, God, I'm edgy? <laughs> I thought I would, well, for a while <laughs> I was thinking that and, um, Again, my girlfriend told you you were edgy. <laughs> she said, I'm not. No, right. She said, you're not edgy. <laughs> yeah. She's saying, you dress you, edgy as well. Quote, you wish you're edgy. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Been sober for four and a half years. Uh, you dress edgily. <laughs> you work for a music PR company. Yeah. You have a beard. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you could tick any more boxes. You have tattoos. Yeah. I wonder what people who have never seen you listening to this are actually thinking that you look like now. 
Like some weird Canadian lumberjack guy (laughs) with an English accent. You don't wear Canadian lumberjack shirts, I don't think. Again, for the benefit of the lipstick, Dan is wearing a uh, jumper with horizontal stripes. Uh, Yeah, you've got to keep it horizontal. Got to keep it horizontal. If you go go a bit wonky, then that might... And I'm wearing all black like a uh, drama student. Usually, as a white T-shirt, I do. Yeah, yeah. Is this the new? Is this shifting? Maybe you can start wearing white trousers. Yeah, I mean, I was just wearing my work shirt, but I've changed out Mm. into a into a more comfortable T-shirt for our conversation. Yeah. Just FYI, everyone, my girlfriend's lovely, so (laughs) she doesn't just bully me all the time. (laughs) That we know of, we we don't know. (laughs) Right. Okay. We're on a time limit, apparently. Under strict instructions from Mark, we've got better things to do than help people That's and not save true. lives. That's not true. Don't out me on a podcast <laughs> as being an undercover selfish prick. No, you're not. You're really not. Mm. I don't think you are anyway. Mm. Um, we we kind of briefly discussed the theme earlier today, uh, which I think might be quite interesting. Health and fitness or our health and fitness routines or our relationship and opinions and kind of connections to our health and well-being. We could keep the format as it has been previously and we share our experience of not really being, I don't know, maybe you've always been quite conscious of like doing exercise or eating yeah, well. Or yeah, I, I definitely I wasn't. Have, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I, my, this is an interesting topic for me because I've, uh, I've struggled as we discussed before I had, I've struggled with an eating disorder and body image issues since I was 13, 13 or 14, maybe, maybe even, maybe even younger than that. So my relationship with health and fitness and exercise and my body and, and food is very, um, particular now because I've, I've gone through a lot of things with those, those particular things like exercise, like food. Um, and I have, I've, you know, since I was 14 years old, I've exercised very frequently, Mm. um, almost on a daily basis. So it's an, it's an interesting topic for me because I, I would say, I think some people come into recovery and they're like, oh, wow, I've got, you know, this, this kind of world of health at my fingertips. And they begin quite a healthy relationship with exercise and diet and all those things. Whereas I came to recovery and almost uh, part of my journey in recovery has been almost dialing that stuff back. Um, because I would, you know, I was mad with it and, and I, used, I used it as a tool to punish myself rather than to enrich my life. Um, and, I, and I both love and have a difficult relationship with exercise. So it's quite... Yeah, it's quite tricky, uh, my relationship with exercise and fitness and that sort of thing. What about you? Uh, mine's a bit of a story. <laughs> you know I love a story about yeah. myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, that's why we're doing a podcast, which is essentially stories about ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> if we got a guest on, yeah, we'd literally yeah. just be interrupting them to talk about myself. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Um, so for me, I never... Uh, Literally, as naively as maybe even thinking I had a drug and drink problem, just didn't even consider exercise. I almost didn't even acknowledge someone running past me. <laughs> um, I remember my dad actually saying that. That's a bit. That's a bit extreme. I, I, my dad, like growing up, would take me to the gym so I can go swimming, mm. and swimming was definitely something that um, that I had enjoyed quite a lot and, and felt like I could get really into but I never ugh, the gym kind of scared me and uh yeah by by my like the way that maybe a bit of skateboarding but not really I was never really good at it um so yeah no, nothing really of interest to it uh and and my experience of fitness wasn't uh <laughs> there wasn't any i would i i was incredibly unhealthy and 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 you know I, I was a chain smoker i would eat rubbish my diet was pretty much you know i got back from a rave or i got back from a drug binge and i just go and like make a bowl of cereal 
and sit in my bedroom or I would go out with friends and go to like a chicken shop and get like a ridiculous bucket of chicken or I would rob from like a Tesco and eat a, a ready meal or something like that. Like it was all really, really bad. Didn't care um, because all I cared about was getting high. So, and I remember very... Uh, very vivid and I well to be honest like on Friday there's like a, r- a routine with my family I don't know if they still do it now maybe less so but every Friday night we'd have a, an Indian takeaway or a takeaway of any kind and that and, we, and to and to be fair like I was quite fortunate enough to be raised by a family that were maybe going on holidays and liked the luxury of going and, and, and dining in a restaurant and stuff like that so I I got to enjoy really nice food but when I was just on my own, when I was out with friends, it's just I didn't, it wouldn't be something that would be on my agenda. And definitely eating well wasn't something I cared about. Um, and you can see pictures of me growing up, how my weight fluctuated from being very, very skinny, incredibly skinny and unhealthy at teenager to then kind of boozing more and becoming more of a straightforward alcoholic near enough where my weight just like kept pounding on and on and on until uni. And there's like a picture of, there's so many pictures of me that I just look so big. Um, and then I remember towards the end of first year when I was back to dr- drugging quite a lot uh, and, and doing a lot of like um, research chemicals, uh, I was then, I lost a lot of weight again. And there's like this weird fluctuation. But it was actually, uh, it was actually, I, I remember vaguely at some point in my teenage life, I, I tried the gym mm. and I can't remember why. I, I think that's a rite of passage for teenage boys because I, I ran about 15, 16. I tried the gym because, yeah. I, because I think it was, and I, I didn't have any real interest in it. I loved running. That was my thing. Yeah. Um, I think I just went to the gym because my mates had started going to the gym and it was just you know, maybe that was, I think that's like a, like a boy thing to do when you're in your late teens. It's like, so. go to the gym for a bit. But like, I went there and I, I didn't like it. It wasn't, I found exercise to be, I wanted it to be quite an individual pursuit. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I, although when I first started running, I didn't enjoy it. I grew to enjoy it. And then I liked it as a very simple thing I could do on my own. Yeah. The gym yeah. seemed very elaborate and quite, um, a bit intimidating, but not, not too intimidating. It was more to, I just like, I didn't understand the concept of it. I felt like it was, uh, what's the word? It seemed surplus to requirements. It's like, you know, it's not like I was going there going, Oh, I don't need the gym, but it just seemed like very elaborate. And I, and I quite liked exercises like an individual thing or like playing a sport or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, there's, there were sports involved in my, like, growing up. And I guess it's school, isn't it? Like, were you a sporty kid? Hmm. Were you a... Uh, were you one of the kids that were picked into being, like, in a good in the, in the A team or the B team or whatever? I don't know what other schools had. We had, like, an A team and a B team, and I was maybe B team rugby. <laughs> Sometimes A team rugby. Really not that great at football. Uh I enjoyed a bit of badminton, but that wasn't really a regular thing. It was football or rugby or cricket. Yeah. And I wasn't very good. I was, I was only good at like, batting and cricket. Rugby was, uh, my dad raised me kind of enjoying rugby quite a lot. And I was a big guy, so I could batter people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, not really, but... Um, yeah, so, yeah, and I, I never really, really had any interest in that. Um, so I don't know why I went to the gym for that small period probably the same thing just be like oh I can right give it a message. go yeah or maybe it was something like you can get when you're a kid you can get really cheap entries yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's oh might as well take advantage of that yeah um, but yeah in the, in, the, in the kind of growing up getting older bit I remember someone specifically saying to me when I was like in the height of my like MCAT phase uh when I was robbing, uh, for anyone that doesn't know what that drug is, um, it was something that kind of was in the news a lot as uh, re- as um, methadone. methadone, but like uh, but uh, 
It wasn't bath salts. It was, it was plant fertilizer or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It was sold as like a legal, like a, yeah. it was a legal, a, a legal high that was like plant food, but it wasn't actually plant food. It was just what it was sold as. Yeah. And um, the year of methadrone. Yeah. It. Really wow. horrible drug. Yeah, it was. Oh God. I the smet the mem like the sense memory of the smell yeah. sends shivers down my spine. I remember I had some in my wallet once yeah. and uh and then took it and then realized that the smell had like engulfed the wallet yeah, so I had to yeah. throw it away because I could not get rid of the smell and every time I smelt it it made me want to vomit. Yeah. Hell of a drug though. Hell of a drug. <laughs> Hell of a drug. Jesus Christ. I'm, what a drug. I have no- <laughs> look so cheap as well. So cheap. And uh, it's quite weird because I stopped doing that many years before I I recognised I had a problem. Yeah, same. I mean, it it disappeared off the as soon as it got banned. It yeah. kind of the whole market for it just kind of fell apart. I guess. Well, I was weird. It was weird for me because I, I I got into it after it gone banned. Really? Yeah, because it was I was in London, so it's like uh, of course still yeah, thriving. Yeah, yeah. but um. Yeah, horrible. Like, that was when I'd gone from still an addict, but didn't really think I had a problem, mm. to, yeah, this is this is bad. Like, I was, like, you know, on... The, uh, the amounts that I was doing was going up so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gram to two grams to an eighth. Yeah, yeah To, yeah. like, you know, let's split nine grams between four, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think because it was just so cheap, and it was just, yeah. like, I was, I was in first or second year of uni i can't remember when it came around yeah and it was just so cheap that it was just like whenever and because we were, we'd all been doing coke which was quite expensive it was just so exciting to have a drug which was i thought at the time was better than that or had a better effect to be so cheap so we were just buying it yeah in horrible spades but it was horrendous i remember really like destroyed my appetite couldn't eat that's just oh it was hor- horrible stuff yeah I robbed, I, 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 that was like addict Dan I was like robbing people robbing shops I was like get me more of that <laughs> um, but yeah to, you know for family listening I'm, I'm, I'm clean now so you know so, get over it um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you moaning about it's you're clean now Jesus I'm a good boy now grow up uh, I'm, you know what throughout this podcast you'll just see how dramatically different I am yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I remember someone saying to me you need to start robbing food because you're you look really unwell yeah and they're like go in there and get yourself a wrap or something mm. and I like, went into this such nice fatherly advice yeah. for, with delivered with the you should rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go in there and rob yourself a bloody good meal, young man. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. And he did, yeah. And, and it was like, oh, it's like a weird, it's like a weird thing when, you, when you're hanging out with people that are all abusing drugs. It's like, you teach each other how to do it, how yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. effectively, quotation marks, survive. Yeah, like, yeah You yeah. need to eat food. You need to force feed yourself. I know you're not hungry, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you will, you know, yeah, die yeah. if you don't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the solidarity of the drug user. Yeah. Um, helping each other through that. Yeah. So thank you, trials. person that told me to go rob from a shop. Told me to go commit crime, to continue doing more crime. Bloody saved your life, probably. Probably. That wrapped it. Yeah, yeah. Boots wraps. Yeah. They're great. Um, but that just explains how little I cared about myself. I just wanted to get high. Mm. Uh, and today, I mean, this morning I woke up at five, was like, I had coffee with a bit of MCT oil to get some good fats in me before I go and do some exercise. I was pissed off because I woke up early, so I went to the gym. And then uh, had a bowl of organic muesli with hemp seeds for extra protein, peanut butter, a bit of honey, and some oat milk. Oh, my God. Oat milk, not not because I'm vegan or veggie, but because dairy sometimes just doesn't... I have phases where I'm just like, this just tastes horrible. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. And then um, a fantastic lunch as well. Yeah. I don't need to go... Anyway, I don't need to go into the details of my meals, but like... The last 
year or year and a half, two years, my interest in, in health, exercise, nutrition, um, my how I feel on a, you know, I don't smoke anymore. Uh, I try and get a good night's sleep, even though that seems to be a difficulty, which is out of my control sometimes. Uh, supplementing is a bit of a weird one. You can get addicted to that stuff, even though it's like it doesn't really doesn't really have any bad effects. It's like you're spending a lot of money on something that doesn't really do anything for the illusion of becoming Superman. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I try to do exercise fairly regularly. Yoga has been like a strong part of my recovery. When did you get into that? Uh, so I'd, n- I'd never done yoga before I got clean. And it was in within the first, not really not long into my first, like in my first year of being clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave it a go. It was the same for me. I think I was about seven months clean and had this wonderful experience. I went to Portugal for the European Convention of Narcotics Anonymous, which wow. was my first holiday abroad. And I met a girl there who was staying in our hotel. Of course you did. And um, well, I tell you what, I tell you what, that was one of the most, that actually, I'd when I'd arrived at that holiday, um, we got there and it was my first holiday abroad. I was with a load of other people from recovery and I got there and I'd, I'd never had to deal with being abroad and the, the feelings that, that came up with that whilst not being high. And I felt very isolated. Oh, yeah. I felt very scared, very alone. I didn't know how to deal with it. Um, and the first day for me was a bit difficult because I was, I couldn't, I didn't know how to talk to people about it back then. I was kind of like, I was in recovery and I knew how to share and I knew how to do these things, but I was kind of, I felt isolated. I didn't know how to say anything. And I remember I went down for breakfast in the hotel we were staying at on the first day. And, um, and I'd, I'd got up later than everyone else and they'd already gone to the beach. So I was on my own and I was feeling a bit fucked up. Like, why am I here? What am I doing? All that kind of stuff. And, um, there was a girl at breakfast. It was just me and this other girl who were having breakfast in this tiny little hotel. Uh, and she was like, we'd both picked up basically the same breakfast of like, boiled already boiled eggs and toast it was a shit hotel it cost us <laughs> it cost us like 50 euros for five nights it was a really bad hotel um and she was like trying to break into this boiled egg and i was trying to do the same at the same time and she sort of looked up at me and she was like just kind of pointed at the egg like what the fuck is this and um and then we just started talking and she was like what are you doing here how are, you know and i was like Oh, it's like, to tell you the truth, I feel a bit fucked up. Like, I've just come here. I'm part, I'm, uh, part of the convention that's here for Narcotics Anonymous. And then we talked about the fact that I'd been an addict and I was in recovery and she thought it was amazing. But anyway, she <laughs> ran, turns out, by pure coincidence, she ran a yoga... She wasn't uh, English, but she ran a yoga studio in Bristol on Park Row. Wow. And, um, and, she, and I said, oh, I have an interest in yoga because I'd always had an interest in yoga, but I'd never been to a class. And she was like, oh, what type of yoga are you interested in? And I'd always been quite interested in Ashtanga yoga. Yeah. Um, so she said, oh, brilliant. I'd like, there's a girl, uh, there's a woman, sorry, who runs a yoga class, Ashtanga yoga class called Judith. She's amazing. You should check it out when you go back to Bristol. Um, so I did. And I checked out this yoga class and it was run by this, uh, I think she was Bulgarian, this one called Judith. And um, she was like exactly the right mixture of like uh, beautiful uh, like very poised, almost like uh, kind of like um, like an origami bird. That was the kind of poise and posture she had. Yeah. Um, but she was also very severe, like but in in like a in like a loving way. You know, when someone's just like quite loving in the way that they're like telling you to they're telling you to do something, but they're doing it in such a way that it feels quite loving. Um, and she used to have a class on a Friday morning, and I and I went to that class for about six months. Wow, and it was so good. It was so so good. Um, and then she, she fucked off to back to Bulgaria. So that class stopped and I didn't go to another class for a few years, but, um, that was kind of my intro into yoga and I loved it. I loved like, I remember the excitement cause I think that was the first thing I'd done in recovery that was like, you know, well, you know, like when people not even, not even that, but like, you know, when people are like, oh, you should get a hobby. Yeah, that's what you need to encourage. Or you should do this. You should that. I never. I wasn't really a goer to classes or like groups or anything like that. I didn't do that when in my using. I was very, very isolated. Like I said, with my running and all that kind of stuff. I did all of that on my own. So it it felt like such a huge step to go to a class, which sounds ridiculous, you know. But like, 
it was it was a no, big I thing for me. Um, and now I just fucking jump into classes for fun. And you know, just like I'll, if someone suggests me to do something, I'll go and do it, which is you know a, a testament to kind of the the confidence that recovery gives you that I don't have any fear of going to do or try something new. Like we were talking about doing boxing, which uh, we haven't done recently, which we haven't done. But I think that's more of laziness than fear of going to do boxing. <laughs> You've done it already. I haven't. I done. haven't done it. Have you not? No. You got the gloves. I have got the gloves. Dan and I are going to become boxers. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to become tough guy boxers. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it hasn't happened. I've, I, I, I forgot I th- that I even had the gloves. They're yeah. like so obviously in my room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, 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 yeah. Well, the, the, the need to train for something yeah, became, yeah, yeah. became real because, I mean, I'm very, very lucky to have this opportunity to do that with my dad. But like many years ago, my dad would want you know has this loves going and climbing Kilimanjaro oh yeah it's like the only only like huge adventure he does get you know does it for charity do you do it often he was doing it every two years really yeah so he's climbed five times and never reached the top which is probably why he keeps going back yeah and plus he loves the thrill of it the like the fact he's doing he's doing it for for a cause that he gets a lot of people that he's kind of friends with and a big social event and you really get to like push yourself and you get to know each other but it's just the adventure of it all but i've gone with him four times uh when i was 19 when i was in the height of my like alcoholism yeah so that's probably around the time that i started going to the gym mm. But none of it was none of it, none of it mattered. Yeah, because yeah. I was chain smoking and boozing, and yeah. I tried to quit smoking for the first time. Ah, oh, yeah, I remember. It was like December, and I was like, I'm going to quit smoking, and it was horrible. And I was still having like the one odd cigarette every now and then. I remember getting pissed on the flight to to Tanzania because I just <laughs> couldn't get to sleep, and I was like, and I was like, ah, oh, free booze, like infinite booze on the plane. So I was like. <laughs> can keep that bloody mary coming <laughs> like everyone was asleep around me i was on a plane full of people asleep and i was just like keep keep them bloody mary it's good for me it's mine yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. ridiculous um yeah crazy and uh so i had a hint of training then even though it didn't really matter and then the second time i was at uni and i was like well, i need to join the gym and i had this i had and i had the uni for loan as well so i had this trainer but again it didn't matter because yeah. because i was i was drinking then but like uh what was the what was the difference ah no i can't remember there was a second time that i was with with a trainer second maybe it was the first or second time and and i was clean mm uh, yeah. Why that? Maybe that was at uni. Uh, we you. I was in. I was in third year. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of jumped forward quite a lot. Mm. Um, I was gonna go again. I was gonna go with him the two years after the first time, and I was mm. training for it. But I was. Dr- taking drugs and drinking a lot mm. and I just said to my dad I can't do this mm. but again training being in the gym and I realised you, you know gym is actually quite fun mm. and I was cycling a lot so there's progression still not eating that well but the health the health and the fitness thing is this weird little evolution mm. throughout uni because it was like I was drinking a lot and smoking but I had like a vague interest in different diets mm. and I became fully plant-based and as like militant vegan mm. and I was and and from progression of first year of uni I'd started to learn how to cook a bit more because I never know how to cook same yeah 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 and that kind of experimentation and then put veganism in there and you're like well if I don't learn how to cook properly then I'm just not going to eat well yeah 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 i'm gonna yeah. get sick or not feel good yeah that was my identical experience with vegetarianism and veganism is it does force you to start cooking with mm. a variety of things and yeah. looking at different ingredients and actually creating meals whereas prior to that anything goes yeah literally i was just give me chicken sandwiches pot noodle sandwich, sandwich. yeah 
I think about that quite a lot at the moment. I don't know why. Maybe I just want to like try it for the gimmick of it and feel rubbish afterwards. Uh, no, not pot noodle sandwich. A uh, uh, super noodle sandwich. Right. Is that a thing? Yeah. That no, was a, that was one of my that was one of my post or mid session meals. That's horrendous. It's really bad. Yeah. In fact, I remember basically living at a dealer's house when I was a teenager mm. for like weeks at a time, whatever. And we would go around the corner and just live on these rubbish super noodles. And that was like, right, that keeps me going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine how much better I would have felt if I had just eaten well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think food would have helped you that much in that scenario. No. No. Maybe it would have been a bit more... Nah. Anyway. Yeah. So that kind of... Thank, thank you, veganism. Yeah. Even though I'm not anymore. No, me neither. But it did show. It did get me on the the path to maybe caring a lot more about food and looking at nutrition and what I'd need to eat and what foods have that and so on. And um, but again, like it didn't really matter. Just the the the, the quantity of of drugs or alcohol really just cancels out. Mm. Your body's just trying to sort that out. Yeah. So. It's only until the last year or two that my body tells me what's going on so vividly. Mm. Like, what do you mean in response to the stuff that you eat or the? Yeah, how well I'm like if I wake up. So, so, uh, I remember joking about this with Lydia. I said her name now. It's no going back. Mm. Uh, We'd been out, or like I. I was, li- I was living at hers for a, a week, uh, just over a week recently because my housemates were isolating. And um, I remember one morning or something, I woke up and like had a cake. And then lunchtime, I had another cake. Mm. And then we went walking around loads or something like that. And by the end of the evening, I felt like weak and dizzy and sick. And she was like, I can't believe you used to smash kettle all the time and now you yeah. can't handle a bit of walk with a bit of sugar in you yeah 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 it's such a like dramatic difference now yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like if I don't wake up and have at least within within the first half of the day so breakfast or lunch like you know what your mum and dad would tell you or what the school teachers would tell you or whatever it's like some veg uh, well the the veg protein mm uh, nutrients, vitamins, blah, 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 mm. like real food, then I'll just start to feel really sick or weak yeah. or tired or grumpy. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting because I feel as though since uh, since being in recovery, I feel like my sensitivity to food and its effect on my body and my mood and my mind is it it's heightened over the period I've been recovering. So, yeah. so much. And it's, and it's when I think about my using and how, how little I used to consider the effect that the food I was eating was having on me, um, I guess, cause it was being overridden by whatever I was doing. I really feel like the longer I've been in recovery and I, and I feel like I become more sensitive as time goes on. Yeah. Like I, I struggle to eat anything sugary now because I, it, really? because it dips my mood and I don't like it. So I, I just, I tend to avoid sweet things as much as possible. Like I would, I would probably almost have a heart attack if I ate a cake in the morning. I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't. Um, I didn't know that you were that sensitive as well. Yeah. I think it's definitely something that's grown over the last few years. And it's like, yeah, um, yeah I have a real kind of sensitivity to it, a real. Because I thought it might just be an age thing, but you're like. I'm 32. Yeah, exactly. So it's mm. more of like, a, it must be the general, the body being. The, the way you're living your 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 life really yeah um, i think most people shout down their body's kind of signals or, or what it's telling you a lot of the time or is or unable to see it or feel it and i think right. one, one of the things you get from permanent permanently be having to be straight all the time is that you just can't you cannot escape what your body is telling you or what the thoughts that you're having or whatever it is and you have to learn how to to deal with it and cope with it and mm. adapt to it and i think because most people and like so i'm not saying we don't have the ability to distract ourselves or numb ourselves with other behaviors or something like that but i think it's a lot more difficult when you're not drinking or doing drugs yeah to, to ignore that stuff 
And there's still, you know, and there's still days where it's like I, I tread a, 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 you know, a thin line of like, is that the way that I should be responding to this? Mm. Like, I, you know, the, the the fact today that I've woken up early and my response to it, forgetting the exercise, is the muesli would have been fine. That mm. bowl, which is perfectly well balanced enough to probably ride me through to lunch. To then go to the bakery mm. and get the flapjack, which actually probably would have been okay, and then get an almond croissant, mm. and then have like two, three coffees. Mm. Body was like, "Whoa, I'm trying to like get rid of sort out the sugar that you just thrown in me, and now you've got loads of caffeine." Mm. So like by lunchtime, I was just like, I'm tired, yeah, yeah, yeah. miserable, and heavy, yeah, um, and dehydrated. Mm. That's probably what it is as well. Mm. It's just like. But some people, I feel like they could probably smash that stuff uh, and be, all right, crack on. Yeah. Probably wouldn't even, because I had a good lunch. Like I had a prepared lunch from yeah. yesterday. Um, but they probably wouldn't have been as affected. I don't know. Mm. Maybe they shut that stuff down. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. And I never thought this would be the case. Mm. But what's, what's quite lovely is the experimentation that I've done in like a health way because like last year was like my year of intermittent fasting experimenting with that yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was doing a lot of climbing and bouldering and, and that was really fun so I was trying out that and running you know I do quite I miss bouldering actually but mm-hmm. I'm like I try not you know I'm trying to save money so like pick one yeah thing so I'm just doing the gym with the calisthenics and stuff mm-hmm. like that maybe boxing and but yeah, we're going to become boxers. We're going to become boxers. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be carnage. Can I can I ask you something before we continue talking about exercise for a bit longer? Because I'm really curious to hear what your take is on this, or, or how, where you are at now with this. Um, what is your relationship with your body been like when you've been in recovery? Do you have? Um, no, actually, I'm not going to ask any more questions. What's your relationship with your body been like? Do you mean like how I? look at myself in the mirror or yeah. how I connect with myself. How you perceive yourself. How you perceive yourself physically. Um, so, I, okay, so I believe that throughout my life since I was a teenager, mm. I've definitely had mild body, uh, what was the it? Dysmorphia. Dysmorphia. Yeah. No matter what, no no matter what I'm doing even when I was that skinny teenager who was mm. t- literally on a diet of drugs and not much food mm. I still thought I was a fat kid mm. uh, and today I still feel like I can lose more and more weight Lydia's even said to me time and time again very supportive of her but I'm like you cannot there's like nothing on there's nothing of you yeah <laughs> but I'm like you're a lean man yeah but I just don't I yeah, I feel like there's more I could do. Mm. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not toned. I don't know. I feel like I look in the mirror and I'm like, yeah, you're looking sometimes. I don't know. It de- sometimes it depends on the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I look in the reflection. And I'm like, hey, they're actually right. You're looking pretty good. Yeah. But then I might go and like session loads of food or cakes or something like that. Mm. And, uh, it's never binging. It's never, but I, I definitely push limits of what I should or mm. maybe sh- shouldn't be doing because I, I have, because I'm such an addictive personality, my sweet tooth it just sends me mm. loopy and I'll just cave in, um, which is why I got into intermittent fasting to try and like limit that a bit. But yeah, I'm in a mm, quite good place of how I think I look. Yeah. But I'm. I wouldn't walk around topless. Okay. And I. But I still today. I definitely respect my body. In terms of, I feel like I look healthy. Yeah. Cool. Does that? Is that? What about? What about you? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. All that stuff you said about the. So I think. I've had a. I've had a very interesting journey with the body image and how how i perceive myself to look um and i at the i think uh body's and perception of how i look is 
is very much more closely tied with um, when I'm thinner, I become more dysmorphic in how I think I look. So I think that body dysmorphia is related to malnutrition. Um, did I tell you about there's a, there's like a theory called migration theory. Have I ever told this about you before? I may have maybe maybe I've mentioned it before. Maybe. Um, but migration theory is essentially a, an evolutionary theory about when uh, when animals um, are in an area of deprivation. Uh, say, for example, you've got animals in a particular area and the food runs out from that area. Yeah. Animals then migrate to a new area where the food is plentiful and they can stay. In order to go to that area, they have to continually move. Um, so they have to move. They have to move to a new area. So they have to continually move to get there. So that's potentially where compulsive exercise comes from in in human beings, where you have a compulsion to move, which is one of the symptoms of anorexia. But the interesting thing about it is the biological trigger for an animal to migrate is starvation. So you know you have some. So this is why this is the theory they think is behind anorexia, because people who are anorexic have extremely similar symptoms like weirdly similar symptoms like obsession with movement uh, obsession with ritual um incredibly competitive with other people and how they look so they think this stems from the fact that if you were you know evolutionarily when we <laughs> so right for those listening look up migration theory online because I'm butchering it, but it is a thing. Um, so in terms of uh, animals having to migrate, you wanted to be the person who was the fastest because you wanted to be the person who reached the land of plenty quickest. Um, you wanted to be you know, better than other people because you didn't want to die. So it's like, it's like an instinctual thing that you want to migrate this place. So, and that ties in with my experience is a body dysmorphia. Okay. The, the more weight I have on me, the less dysmorphic I feel. Um, and the less I exercise, the less dysmorphic I feel. The more I exercise, the more dysmorphic I feel. Um, so it's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy, but, um, that's I, interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I like, I agree with what you were saying about, so like you can look at certain, you can look, you know, as you were saying like certain mirrors, or how you feel on a certain day. Like how I look is extremely dependent on my mood at the time. Yeah. I've yeah. noticed when I'm in a better mood and I look at myself, I will naturally perceive myself to look better as in physically look better. If I'm in a lower mood than I see myself, I think I look worse. And typically I'm in a better mood at the end of the day than I am at the start of the day. And whenever I look at myself in the mirror at the start of the day, I think I look like shit. But by the end of the day, I think I look pretty good. So it's, it's, it's strange how that kind of, and it, but it doesn't bother me anymore, which is a wonderful, wonderful thing because I know that my perception is based on how I'm feeling at the time, not on any kind of physical reality, which is a really freeing thought to have. So when I do feel dysmorphic, I am very aware of it. It's like I've, I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in in my life, like categorically the best shape I've ever been in. And, um, and I can still be dysmorphic about myself, hmm. but it's just, but I just have to be aware that it's a thing that is happening that's not based on any kind of uh, physical reality. It's more just my mood at the time, my perception. If I haven't eaten enough, I'm more dysmorphic. If I've eat, if I'm eaten, if I've eaten to satisfaction, I don't feel dysmorphic at all. Huh. So it's, it's a strange scenario, but I think it is, I think it's based on some kind of biological thing. Look at migration theory. Those listening is honestly, is one of the most interesting things that I've ever read about. That's what I found that. I found that quite helpful to listen to. And I, and I have, read things or taking information that's serious similar to that anyway i don't know if it was in, in in some of these books that we may have mentioned in previous episodes um where how you see yourself is based on how you feel on that day mm. uh, how maybe if i wake up and i eat exactly how i'd love to eat which is quite clean quite um i feel like beneficial to myself and then i look in the mirror and be like <laughs> fantastic mm. if i don't do that. Even if there's no shift in the way I actually mm. physically look, I will see this kind of fat geezer looking back at me. If I eat sugary things for some reason, I I I become more dysmorphic mm. and I think I look worse. Whereas uh, if I eat protein, I think I look better. 
Um, and I, that must be a physiological effect. Well, I there is noticed it too many times for it not to be a to be actually a physiological effect on my. Well, mind. there is also like certain foods that are inflammatory anyway, mm. and I can't remember them all off the top of my head. But I listened to this book, uh, "Fast This Way" by Dave Asprey, and he talks about fast. Yeah, yeah, I know the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullet, bulletproof coffee man. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And he talks about he lists all the different foods that are, that are going to create that type of bloatedness or, or that you know mm. infl- in, inflame certain parts of the body in certain areas anyway mm. so there is there is every um every uh, chance that that is twofold that you're feeling a feeling that kind of in your head anyway and then you're actually physically seeing a bit of that too mm. um yeah uh i don't know if i'm in the best shape of my life but i know that i look i know that i I'm definitely doing much better than I would have when I was drinking. So mm. that's kind of, you know, if I'm better than them there, then that's great. I'd like mm. to be, my target is to get a bit more like tone, I think, mm. or just stronger. I, know, I never want to be like a beefcake, but I want, I think that's why I like the calisthenics and I like climbing because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. using yourself and yoga as well. It's all using yourself. So whatever changes are going to happen to me mm. are going to be almost my body doing that to me rather than yeah. this kind of this weight that, you know, I'm still doing a, t- a tiny bit of weight, but it's all, that's my own body. My body's like yeah. doing the work, <laughs> which yeah. I find quite interesting. Um, yeah. I think calisthenics has been a, been a good one for me. I've enjoyed you know, doing like very basic exercises. Cause like you say, it is kind of by yourself. I can do it on my own in my flat. Yeah. Um, and it has made a huge difference. It's made a huge difference to kind of, is that what I, you do here? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that again, that makes a difference psychologically to how I perceive myself to look. Yeah. This is when I'm running lots. Um, and, and yeah, don't get me wrong. It does have an actual physical effect on, yeah. How I look, you know, if I'm doing lots of if I'm doing lots of running, I will naturally just become a very kind of straight line. Yeah. If I'm doing lots of pull-ups, I will become a bit more triangular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I did, yeah, I'm 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 always so curious about uh, like how certain things affect your perception of your body mm. because I think I've I've spent such a long time noticing my reactions to certain things that um. Yeah, I'm always so curious to hear what other people's perceptions are of how they look, and uh, yeah, and, I, and I'm a bit, I am a big believer in that migration theory thing of like how. I mean, I think I think that is really interesting. Mm. I think unfortunately we do live in a in a culture where looks are sprayed everywhere to be like what is beautiful, what is glamorous, yeah, yeah, yeah. and as a result, we do have a culture where people are constantly trying to look fucking amazing yeah and therefore throw people that might have some insecurities some mental health uh issues that that, uh, allow them to feel that kind of anxiety yeah you're gonna naturally have it you know but that's that's so interesting because like where does that come from that like where where in the kind of the depths of our kind of evolution or psychology or our our physiology does that desire to look like uh so that, you know that focus on beauty and stuff like that because yeah. our perception of beauty now is not the same as it was 20 years ago and it's not the same as it was 40 years ago and it's not the same as it was 60 years ago so our perception no, absolutely of beauty is different now yeah so because because if you go back 50 60 years odd mm. that may not even be accurate mm. what a beautiful woman would be portrayed as and what a beautiful man yeah. would be portrayed as were very different things it was like uh, there wasn't you. You wouldn't have as many six packs floating yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like quite a standardly looking, like quite hairy man, maybe a hairy, broad-shouldered, um, masculine. Looks like they work the field, something like that. Yeah, that sort yeah. Of kind of like uh, fifty-six years. If you go back to how Sean Connery looked in, yeah. yeah well, that's exactly what in, I'm thinking. Yeah, about. Sean Connery and James early James Bond films. And a woman wouldn't be this like. It'd be like Ursula Andress in exactly the first James Bond. Yeah, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be what we have today. The the, the, the no one gave a shit about a fake tan. No one yeah. gave a shit about. The, the boobs and the butt but that's like, interesting it's like like that's what I'm forever the question I'm asking myself is like where does that 
that that standard of beauty must come from somewhere like internally intellectually within us that standard of beauty must come from somewhere because it's almost like an unwritten rule now that we understand that that is what is perceived as beautiful or that is what is perceived as attractive that the body you see the male or female and i'm yeah i just i wonder so much is it like a I realize we've gone off on a mad tangent here. Like, <laughs> is it some kind of like physiological, is it like uh, similar to what I was talking about by the migration theory thing? Is it something that's triggered in us biologically that we think that there is a, that, that is the measure of beauty that we're trying to achieve? Um, I don't know. But what would, be, what would be quite interesting, even though I don't know any on hand, is to get, find someone who maybe has done some studying on this. Do you know what? I was actually chatting to a girl on... Um, uh, a dating app who yeah. was um, who uh, was a I think she was a behavioral psychologist or something like that but really she specialized in uh, body image and uh, yeah body image uh, eating disorders and that sort of thing is there a way that you can stop the romantic side of it I haven't spoken to her in ages maybe I'll reach out to her and say hi realize we haven't spoken in a while you might be dating somebody else by now that's fine no shade whatsoever would you like to be on a podcast yeah. <laughs> we want to know more about this topic yeah 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 uh you know no dramas about you know forget you know i know it's a <laughs> dating apps right <laughs> come on the podcast yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny because we, we were chatting about it because immediately i was uh as intrigued as i am probably acting now yeah, yeah. about the whole body image stuff so i i was probably what killed the conversation was my obsession with what she was actually doing in her job. But she actually did her um, doctorate yeah. on the effects of uh, dating apps on body image and what is portrayed on dating apps wow. on body image. Yeah. And, um, and she actually found one of her findings was that um, men's perceptions of themselves, their physical attractiveness was uh, dramatically uh, impacted more than female uh, perceptions of their attractiveness. Because I think women are much more used to being judged based on their physical appearance. Yeah. Whereas men, are in, in normal life, men are less conscious of that. Whereas when you go on dating apps, immediately you are subject to the same kind of scrutiny that a woman is uh, subject to. Because okay. you can only really go on those, uh, those perceptions. Yeah, yeah, because like, it is exactly, it's like surface level, they're fit. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think that'd be a good. I, I think it, just whilst we're kind of rounding things up and coming towards the end, I think maybe unless we have someone come on as a guest, I think the next episode would be quite good to talk about dating apps, maybe love addiction and that kind of yeah, sex yeah, yeah. addiction type thing. Yeah, because haven't you got someone lined up for that that you wanted to bring on to talk about? Oh, I can find out about that. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can open up to a whole bunch of strangers about yeah, that. Yeah um i'll find out that'd be really good uh attachment issues to be uh to be more precise but yeah we're, we're we're kind of coming towards the end um i know that we've kind of as per done a bit of a ramble but um i would say just from for me uh if you it's a really hard one because fitness is such a personal interest thing yeah the advice that actually I hear from a friend of mine that's a PT um, and from any personal trainer really would be like, there's no specific right or wrong way to get fit. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in doing something like, you know, yoga, going to the gym, bouldering, running, whatever. There's so much information out there. Yeah. Just give things a go. W one run for 20 minutes of your life and you don't like it. You don't ever have to do it again. Yeah. It's yeah, 20 yeah. minutes. Uh, it's like nothing. Uh, it's an episode of Friends, and you've seen Friends many a time. You don't need to yeah. watch it again. Don't watch it again. Don't ever watch it again. Don't watch um, it again. It's, it's mildly racist and homophobic. Don't watch Friends again. Yeah. Sunny in Philadelphia is obviously racist and homophobic, but they own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So watch that. Um, not to say that I agree with that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, the advice was, uh, do something that you enjoy doing and you'll want to do it again and again. And that's what bouldering did for me. Uh, mm. I loved, I love bouldering and yoga. I found really enjoyable, but mm. going and pushing ridiculous weights until I'm like in pain and crying. I don't enjoy that. So I don't do it. Yeah. Um, my, you know, my flatmate loves that. that yeah. He lives screaming. Stuff. He can, he cannot understand me going out for a run, but he loves, you know, lifting extremely heavy weights to the point where he wants to be sick. 
but that's his vibe. You know? that's, his <laughs> that's his thing. And that's great. That, that's great that he's got something he loves and he's passionate about. But yeah, I, I would echo those sentiments. I, if it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. Do something else. Yeah. But do something. That's, I think I think that's like that's that's a bit of solid. Go for a walk. Do, do something, man. That like you know something physical that brings you joy because we're animals that were created to move. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hunter gatherers were running around nonstop God, trying to like, such a pair of hunter gatherers. <sighs> <sighs> Fucking hell! <laughs> can't can't wait for us to become boxers. <laughs> real real tough guy boxers. Yeah, because I can I can hunt anything right now. Well, I know, but that's why we that's why we're doing the boxing so we can we punch can punch something. We can punch our animals into submission and eat them <laughs> and eat them and eat them. Yeah, um, box them and then gather them. And boxer gatherers. And by the way, any any other further advice, please jump in. But on the the food and nutrition stuff, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say my thing, which is I think try and eat. A well-rounded, balanced <laughs> diet that hopefully is ideally organic, mm. but that's expensive. So just get get some good mm. meat and veg in there. Yeah. Or if you're vegan, get do research and find foods that are enough. Get enough protein in you, so you don't fade away. Mm. Um, and be careful with fasting because mm. that can get pretty addictive and or dangerous mm. anything anything I mean, lo- love yourself <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah absolutely love yourself I mean I'm the wrong person to talk to about I, what I eat is would be very unusual considered very unusual by most people's standards I don't eat very many carbs at all um, I eat chicken and spinach for breakfast and lunch I and I have some nuts with those two I drink lots of milk uh, yeah. and I have salmon and spinach for dinner every you feel day. good I feel fantastic yeah this is the best I've ever felt physically basically keto essentially it is yeah um, you still do the fasting stuff kind of yeah I fast a lot but that but that's not healthy don't do that I, fasting I, not healthy okay. um, well I think it is to an extent I just don't think the way in which I do it is I don't think uh, not eating for very long periods trying drinking lots of black coffee and yeah. buzzing your tits off so then that you crash both physically and emotionally when you eat something. I don't think that's a healthy thing to do, but... Yeah, when you're sat at a computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about that. But that's just kind of where I'm I'm at at the moment. And to be honest, like, I I don't do it as bad as I used to, and I'm quite... I am quite comfortable in the way I do things now, which is, which is, you know, for me, that's a miracle because I was, I was bleeming for a very, very long time. And my, my days were dominated by that when I was suffering from it at my worst. So to have an experience of my day where I don't obsess over food, where I'm not totally obsessed with the way I look all the time. And mm. that, cause that, that's my general goal, which I realize doesn't sound that, that uh, exciting, but I just don't want to have to obsess over food or ever return to a place where uh, I'm binging and vomiting or that, that kind of thing. And I've achieved that, which is, which is great, which is wonderful for me. Yeah. Hats off to you. Thank you. Yeah. You should be proud of yourself. Thank you. Yeah. And then I hopefully, you know, over time things will get better and easier and I'll be fucking Jesus by the end of, <laughs> and I wish that upon everyone. I, wish, I want everyone I wish to become be their own Jesus is Jesus. Or personal Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is, um, but yeah, don't listen to us on nutrition advice. <laughs> yeah, so experts. many better. But having said that, none of the fucking experts out there are probably experts either. either. No, yeah, I've just so much bullshit out there. Exactly, exactly. I'm just someone that's experimenting and go by what feels good. And I and uh, if you know, you don't have to listen to us. But also, if you're depressed, have a look into what you're eating. I think that's really... I should have said that at the beginning. Yeah. If you're depressed, like if there's a lot of mental health issues going on for you, look into what you're eating, look into the exercise you're doing. It's annoying when people say that. But it's so true, yeah. But it's fucking true. Yeah. It's more truer than Jesus. Yeah. Love you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Love you, God. (laughs) (laughs) Right, no. um, Anyways, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the Ramble episode four. Um, that's not what it's called. It's called the Probably Honest Podcast. We're going to, as per usual, leave links for things that we might find interesting. I might leave the fastest way link in there. I might, if you might find, there's some books on hunter-gatherer stuff that's quite interesting. Migration theory. Migration we'll theory. find a link on migration theory that explains yeah. it better than my absolute botched job. Yeah. 
Yeah. We'll put the link in there and um, also obviously share uh, links to mental health charities, uh, any sort of 12-step maybe related stuff or people that we might find insightful. Um, and yes, see you in, see you with our ears in episode five uh, at some point in the future. Look after yourselves and love yourself. Love yourselves. Okay, thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.